Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Winnie. And this is the Gen Asian Podcast. Get comfortable and listen in as we explore the unique identity and experiences of Asian Canadian millennials. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Gen Asian. How's it going? It's been good. The weather is so nice outside. It's like really beautiful fall time. And um, I don't know, I'm trying to cherish these last few moments of the sun before it gets really mm-hmm, cold I and rainy. I feel like winter is always like super depressing. Like it gets dark super early and it just feels like there's not enough sunlight in a day. I joke that I'm like a plant. So I like the reason why I got this apartment was because of the massive like Florida ceiling windows. And I'm like, I just need it because I'm a plant that needs filtered full sunlight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everyone does though. I think like that's why people get sad, like seasonal affective disorder, but like literally also sad during the winter is because they don't get enough sunlight. Okay, Michelle, do you want to go through your like one thing that's happened that's mm-hmm. been on your mind since the last time we recorded? Yeah, I mean, I think last time we recorded, we were talking about friendships. And uh, I think you were asking about like the strategies I had for making friends. And I mentioned I joined a gym and also a pottery class. And this week, it was very exciting was that I went into the pottery studio to work on some of um the last couple of pieces before the session ended. And I ran into somebody from my class that I haven't talked to for eight weeks that I've been in this class, but I ran into her and we started like having a conversation and I don't know, it just felt like a very organic friendship and I was very, very excited about it. I, I'm i pretty sure I texted Winnie right after it happened and be like, Winnie, I think I made a friend. And like, I got her <laughs> number. It was like a whole thing. I was very excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that is very exciting, especially in a new city. Mm-hmm. It felt like a huge accomplishment, even though it was literally like (laughs) a very, I don't know, simple, organic conversation. How about you, Winnie? I talked about how I went to Toronto for almost a month um, last time, and I had a session with my therapist this week to kind of recap all the shit that went down in Toronto. (laughs) It It was just nice to talk to someone who I know is... 100% on my side in all situations Mm -hmm. and someone who's like neutral in the sense like they don't know any of the people that I'm like talking (laughs) about I found that like therapy has been extremely helpful in my life in terms of building my self-awareness and kind of like going through old patterns and like why I react a certain way Uh, anyway I just think everyone should go to therapy (laughs) I feel like I like when I first started I like talked about it so much and I've like been trying to convince basically all my friends to go and I didn't start off going to therapy because I was like in like deep dark despair like I just went because I was like I should probably have a therapist it's probably good to just like talk to somebody in Mm -hmm. general you know and someone who's like a trained professional Although there's like one aspect, I guess, that I haven't really gone into with my therapist is like the Asian Canadian identity, which is like mm. kind of what this podcast is about. <laughs> um, but just like in general, the like the Asian Canadian experience and like how it feels like to be like a visible minority. And anyway, I haven't gotten into this with my therapist, but I am like a bit unsure how it will go when I do bring it up because my therapist is white, which mm. like... I feel like most, probably most therapists, Mm -hmm. most counselors are white. So anyway, I'm just not sure if, like, if I'm going to have to end up, like, explaining a lot of things to Mm -hmm. her, like, even Mm -hmm. just, like, cultural things, family dynamics. 
and like the experience of being a visible visible minority because like obviously she can't relate she has not gone through those same things mm-hmm. um was that like a concern yeah, anyway i don't know i was just like i'm curious on um are you worried about bringing it up because of i don't know you just don't know how they'll react to that part like you yeah, know they I can't I, relate. I am a little bit yeah i think i am a little bit nervous about bringing it up because i don't want to spend basically the entire session explaining my experience Mm. to her you know what I mean like it's I don't know I guess like I've had um I guess like actually I don't have that many white friends (laughs) Mm. but um I have met like white people even like at work and stuff and I find that I am like minimizing my Asian-ness around them Mm. just because like I don't know I think like if they don't understand the culture sometimes it's just Anyway, I just don't want them to, like, judge me on it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I'm just, like, not sure exactly how I'm going to bring it up to my therapist or how that experience will go. Like, I'm sure it will be fine because she's been great at all the other things that we've talked about in the past. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure how it will go. Hmm. I'm wondering if you're a bit, like, are you, like, embarrassed when you're around, like, other non-Asians that have to explain the I don't know I guess the nuances of like Asian culture just like I think you were saying how you didn't have too many white friends and I'm wondering if there's like do you think there's a reason for that or I have an idea of why I have more Asian friends than non-Asian friends Um, firstly because I grew up in a suburb that is very heavily Asian Um, so I just kind of grew up around I mean, it's diverse in that, like, we're all, like, technically visible minorities, but it wasn't very diverse. And then it's, like, I went to Queens, which is very (laughs) rich and white. I felt like even at Queens, I had mostly Asian friends. And it's, like, because it was a white school, the Asian people kind of just, like, banded together. I don't know. Yeah. Do you feel like that's the case for you? Do you have mostly Asian friends versus non-Asian friends? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have more Asian friends than non-Asian friends, but I feel like the relationship that I have with, like, white friends or, like, non-Asian friends, it sometimes it's, like, there is more explaining of the culture. So, like, there's just, like, heritage and stories and, like, stuff to talk about there. I feel like there's a bit of um, excitement with, like, sharing that with people as well, but I definitely do have more... Asian friends kind of what you were saying like I grew up in a suburb with mostly Asians living there and then I guess at Queens like all the Asians like as you were saying like bonded together like it was it was like an automatic group of people that you felt connected to yeah I mean I also have some non-Asian friends but I think about my closest friends and they are definitely all Asian but not even just Asian but they're like Chinese with a background from Hong Kong almost exactly like me I find that kind of fascinating because yeah I guess it's like we grew up with similar values and a similar experience I don't know Hong Kong's pretty small um, mm-hmm. so it's like our parents grew up in the same era and so I think our parents were brought up with like similar values they had the similar experience of moving to Canada and so our family histories are kind of similar and I find I can use like Chinglish with mm-hmm. my closest friends and like mix in some Canto, mix in some English 
and they'll understand. Yeah, I don't know. I think there is some connection there. I wonder if we ended up growing up in suburbs that are like very Asian be- and like with people similar to us because our parents also was trying to look for people like them, you know? Like they were like, oh, yeah. this area has a lot of like, I don't know, Asians that moved from like Hong Kong. And so like, I want to settle down here because I'll find people like me. And then it just happens because they all move there. Then all their kids end up becoming friends. (laughs) And then like, it's just like perpetuating a cycle. I mean, it's not really bad necessarily. Although I've had conversations with other friends about kind of this phenomenon, if you want to call it that. And, um, So actually, this conversation was about like having an Asian therapist or like Mm, if we necessarily like need an Asian therapist or it doesn't matter. And I was like, you know, I think it would help like in terms like you kind of just there is you can make some assumptions that they like understand some things or they're they will get some of. Yeah, there are just some things that you don't have to explain. But then my friend was kind of challenging that and saying like that's kind of a dangerous assumption to make because like obviously everybody has a very unique experience in their life and so like it's kind of I guess it's dangerous for me to assume that my experience as a visible minority is the exact same as somebody else's and that they will understand exactly how I feel you know what I mean because then it's like maybe they had a completely different experience and we're just assuming that each other understand each other when we don't when mm-hmm. we maybe ha- yeah. when we like I don't know we experience something totally different. Yeah, um, that's an interesting like point. I guess I mean I guess it's their job to not project what they their history onto you. But it's like if you mm-hmm. guys are have such a similar background, it could be like very easy for them to like oh like their family is very similar to mine, and so the dynamics that can be easily misinterpreted. Like, despite mm-hmm. you not having said that, like, you, they kind of read in between the lines just because of their own history. Like, they're human too, right? Yeah. And I don't know, sometimes I maybe th- take things too far and, like, non-Asian people might reel me back versus, like, Asian people be like, yeah, that's definitely racist. Like, that was bad. But, like, someone's like, <laughs> but, like, how do you know that? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was that. And it's like, maybe it was your own interpretation. It wasn't actually that situation wasn't racist it was just but it's sometimes it's those like microaggressions that you can't really pinpoint or you can't really explain you just kind of have a feeling that like someone is treating you differently and like a non-asian person is not gonna like a white person is not gonna understand you know Mm -hmm. so it's like they could be technically challenging you on that but it's like it actually is racist but you just don't understand and i can't explain it to you because you've never had that experience Um, i have a friend who's like very um, I don't know if conscious is the right word, but I guess is very aware of basically how many Asian versus non-Asian friends he has, because I think there's a kind of look to like having all mm. Asian friends. And, um, I don't know, I'm kind of thinking of like the like ABG slash like Kevin Nguyen meme, where <laughs> there's just like this big band of like Asian people I don't know there's like a there's a look to it that I think like my friend is like very conscious about yeah because I think there is like a certain connotation which I am not quite sure I can verbally pinpoint what the connotation yeah. is but I also get it it's like it's kind of like how I was saying like with like my work friends who are not Asian I kind of like diminish my like Asian side yeah I don't really talk a lot about that part 
of me. I mean, if I put it in another perspective, if there was a group of white people that were all friends with all white people, would that be weird? Like, if I just oh, turned... Oh, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, but then See, what's that's the difference? Th- but that's the thing, right? It's. I mean, the difference is that we're we live in a white society, right? Like that's the difference. It's like the white person is always going to be the standard. And so, yeah, no one cares if like white people only have white friends, but there, I, I do have several friends who are very conscious about that look, wanting to make sure they diversify their friend. I group. mean, is there also a connotation for a Asian person that only has white friends? Like, I'm just trying to. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. There definitely is, but I think it's almost, a more positive one because again like I said it's like so white in the friendly. hierarchy in our society is a white yeah it's like a very white friendly society and like white people are the yeah. standard it's so interesting because like when you have to like play it back with like a different race that sometimes you're like why is it like that it's just like oh society's unfair is like what it comes yeah, down to it's messed to pivot a little bit <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember you saying um, this previously, but you don't think like guys and girls can be friends. It's not. I don't think they can't be friends. I have a theory. If you, like a guy and girl are close friends, there will be a point in time in which they have to like talk about if there are more feelings than just friendship. And there needs to be like some sort of discussion about that. And inevitably, if you spend a lot of time together, I think it brings into your mind a little bit of like, oh, is there a possibility of something more? And there needs to have, there needs to be a clear interaction of like defining where this sits. Be that, oh, I'm interested in something more. Are you interested in something more? Oh, not. And or it's like, oh, we both agree that this is just a friendship. So it's like a clear boundary that's drawn. I don't know. I guess I feel differently because almost all my friends are guys and that's just always been the case since I was a kid like I grew up with an older brother so I think he had a big influence on me I was pretty active and like sporty as a kid and just like a bit more of like a tomboy when I was a kid and so I think guys just kind of naturally with like shared activities and stuff kind of just became most of my friends and that just kind of carried on so I feel very differently because I'm like I don't think I've ever had to have like an explicit conversation in terms of like, actually, I am lying. <laughs> I've had those conversations, but like in general, that doesn't happen very often. Um, that I need to have an explicit conversation about feelings. Are there more feelings than just friendship? Where is this going? But do, and, do you ever question that they're like, oh, maybe so and so like has more feelings? I think I do. But I never act in a way that would, or I try to act in a way that like they wouldn't misconstrue things. And then I think it kind of settles down. <laughs> so the few situations where I have had to like had have explicit conversations is actually when I was a bit more involved in the Christian community. The like dating slash guys and girls intermingling is a bit more tricky in that situation Hmm, and so I think because I've like always grown up with around like guy friends it's like that was kind of my natural thing when I joined the Christian community like but I think like they were not used to having girls that were like kind of just like more casual around them or like they were not used to having a platonic friendship with girls and so there was a few times and I wasn't even trying to do this but like they misconstrued my friendliness to being like interest yeah I just remember having to have with 
three or four different guys. Oh my like, gosh. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm not interested. I, I, I wasn't like meaning to lead like, you on, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, lead you on. Exactly. So I guess in these situations, it's like they expressed interest in me, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I didn't even realize. Like, I just thought we were friends. Yeah. I know this situation happened to you in the past, Michelle, so I'm going to put you um, on the spot a little bit. But do you want to talk about your experience going from, like, friendship to, like, potentially dating? Because, like, I've done the same, and I can, I'm can i happy to, like, talk about my experience yeah. afterwards. Too. I mean, at the end of the day, it, like, didn't work out. I guess the transition from going from, like, friends to more than friends, it's so messy. Like, it feels like you're putting a lot on the line there just because like you have like such a close friendship like they know so much about you and like how you operate and like what your principles kind of are and in a way Uh that ideally should make for a very good relationship because like people say oh like you want to like marry your best friend because then like you really do have like a strong foundation of a relationship outside of like the romantic aspects of it Mm-hmm. I think the transition period of going from like nor- quote unquote normal friends to like romantic interests is like there's a fear of losing that old friend that you had because you're like moving into new territory that you just haven't explored mm-hmm. yet with this other person. I guess I sometimes might look for some things a bit different from like a romantic partner versus like a normal friend like I feel like maybe I'm like more understanding and more like forgiving with normal friends and but maybe I'm looking for like certain aspects in my like romantic partner because I don't know I guess I'm like learning from the other person so like we counterbalance each other in a way so like for example Mm -hmm. like if if I'm being super impatient like I would want someone that's like more patient to help balance that out another example would be like oh, if I'm, like, not always great at sharing my feelings, I kind of want someone that, like, coax that out of me. And and I think th- yeah. at the end of the day, that's kind of, like, some of the challenging aspects for me was, like, oh, like, I totally appreciate this person and, like, really think that they're, like, a great guy. But when it's, like, in partnership with who I am, like, I don't know if we yeah. necessarily mesh in, the like, the ways my flaws sit and, like, where his, like, strengths are I don't necessarily think they fit in well together so Mm -hmm. that was like my own experience and I personally think that I don't know I probably should have given it a shot because like maybe there's potential to like for people to work on it together and like have more of those explicit conversations um to try to like be better but at the time like I guess I'm just like wasn't ready for that um Mm -hmm. so it didn't work out for me but I'm curious to hear about your experience because I know you have had very <laughs> different experiences and had more transitions from like friendships to dating that were successful <laughs> um yeah so I almost actually all my past relationships were friends that became a partner and especially um the first like I guess my first two like long-term relationships we were very very good friends like we were I don't know if not best friends like very close to it they were definitely at least like top three (laughs) if you want to (laughs) go top three on my speed dial um before we like actually started dating in both those situations I was kind of 
surprised when they like told me I guess they like they were the ones that like initiated if you want to call it that I remember being surprised in both situations that like they liked me that they wanted to like pursue something with me because I just like had never thought about it that way for me in this transition period I was always the one that was if you want to call it unsure about the relationship like I just didn't know how it was going to work out I didn't know how my feelings were but I think it helped that the guy was sure about me because then there's like some kind of stability. Yeah, it just gets a bit more tricky when both people are, are unsure mm-hmm. because it's already tricky like territory versus for me, it was like my ex was like very sure of me and that helped because then it was just like me having to figure out my own feelings about the yeah. other person and I didn't have to question the other person. I didn't really have to worry about like if they also had like mixed feelings were you unsure of like the moving from friends to dating or just unsure of like how the relationship was going i think i was unsure because in my mind we were just really good friends and i guess there was maybe some like harmless flirting going on like obviously we were really good friends but i didn't know if i actually had true romantic feelings for this person Mm. um it's kind of funny I had a conversation with one of my exes recently we were kind of talking about like we were in like a over three-year relationship and for basically the first six months I was like if you want to call it that like one foot out the door (laughs) I guess I just like wasn't like super committed I was just taking it a bit more casually I was still like not really sure about um how invested I was going to be and I maybe was a bit more distant and yeah maybe just like not as involved in the relationship as I like could have been was that a stepping back of where you were in like level of connection and intimacy as like friends or was it like still a bit more than that I mean I think the like things you talk about and the relationship does change when you get into dating territory so I I think it wasn't necessarily one step down but it was it was just a different dynamic. Like, I think the things that we talked about, it was different from what we talked about as friends, for sure, just because, you know, we're talking about, like, our relationship on a romantic level. Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, it's hard to reflect on this and, like, really tease out the difference mm-hmm. just because it's, like, such a part of my life now. And it was just like, oh, that's just, like, what we did. But, yeah, I mean, we called it successful transition <laughs> from friendship to dating. But guess who's single now? <laughs> still equally messy (laughs) yeah so it's like they didn't work out but like I think back on them and my relationships with my exes now are definitely different like they're not the same as before we dated Mm. they were my best friends before and like we're like probably acquaintances now like the friendship is never gonna Mm -hmm. be the same after dating even though we had like long relationships that were successful like at the time you know they fell off speed dial so sad (laughs) (laughs) but I mean I guess that's kind of the risk you take and like you said like that idea of wanting to marry your best friend it's like you do want to marry your best friend and so I don't think I would ever do anything different because I do know some people who are like oh I would never date a friend it's just like too risky but I'm like do you not want to be friends with the person you end up with long term it's like I wouldn't change anything Mm -hmm. because it's like if it worked out that would be the perfect scenario I do think that it's like what I was saying about like oh you're trying to find someone that fits like matches you well as a in a like romantic partner and it's like sometimes like you 
might know your friends a certain way but like i think you're as you were like quoting to like you get to a different level of depth and communication when you're moving into that like more mm-hmm. than friends area in a way relationships are easier like romantic relationships are easier because things are like so clearly defined all the time like there's always like quote-unquote a label on it so it's like oh we're a couple we're married we're engaged and it's like very clear on where you stand but in a friendship there's not these like markers in time where you're like oh like we're friendship level one like friendship level two Mm -hmm. like things like that don't happen it just like reminded me a little bit of that relationships are hard but like friendships are probably equally as hard but you just don't have the clear communication on where like you stand and it's like messier Mm -hmm. that way because of that yeah I do agree because there are times when something about my friend annoys Mm -hmm. me I don't really have the incentive to really bring it up to them or like it doesn't really matter because I only see them like once every so often let's say or like oh I just like don't care enough to bring it up and I don't want to deal with that confrontation but with like a romantic relationship if something annoys you, like, you have to bring it up because this person is kind of, like, your life partner at this time, right? It's, like, you're going to have that confrontation to deal with the issue versus with friends. It's, like, sometimes you just push it aside Mm -hmm. and then that can kind of build up and eventually change your friendship to the point where you're not as close. Yeah, I think um, maybe we put romantic partnerships on, like, a higher level of importance like almost on a pedestal so there's always more of that like oh I want to like nurture it I want to like clear up the issues before they happen but I think realistically mm-hmm. like you probably would want to do that in a friendship as well but I totally agree that it's like 10 times harder and there's like less incentive to do it it's like so much easier to just like brush it under the rug it's like oh they might have said something that annoyed you and in a romantic mm-hmm. aspect you probably would have been like hey like um like what you said I don't know two days ago made me feel x y and z but like in a friendship a lot of times you'll just like kind of bite your tongue and like suck it up and just like keep Mm -hmm. rolling with where you were at versus like stopping and clearly being like hey you know the thing you did like that really annoyed me yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's I don't know I haven't had a lot of like friendship breakups if you want to call it that but I do have a friend I remember basically from like childhood we were very very good friends with like in retrospect I actually think this is maybe why I have like more guy friends because this friendship was like kind of toxic and it was a friend with a girl um, and she was like one of my really really good friends but I think at one point we just like kind of got competitive with each other but it was unspoken Mm. um, and uh, I don't know I guess I don't want to like make generalizations but I do think like relationships with like girlfriends are there is a bit not like passive aggressive but there is usually like a lot more like undertone to the relationship um that you have to be a bit more careful about or just be a bit more aware of and anyway I think there was like a bit of competitiveness within this relationship and there was not necessarily like backstabbing but like it was like on the surface we were like really good friends but then it was like underneath it all two other people we were kind of like in some ways, like, talking shit about each other. Oh, gosh. And just, like, I guess, like, ranting to other people about, like, our issues with each other, but never actually addressing it to the other person. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm not super good friends with this person anymore. Again, we're, like, acquaintances, but I think 
maybe in retrospect, I should have addressed those things, but it's like, I was so young. I didn't know better. Yeah. I just didn't know that I could have addressed those things and I probably should have. And in a romantic situation, if that ever happened, like you would confront the other person on those issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think also you were probably like too young to even have those discussions. So I don't know if it was like fair to expect you to like, that's like an emotional maturity piece, right? Like, you yeah, have to be sure. a certain level to have kind of those like deep conversations about what's going on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's hard to draw these boundaries with friends. It's hard and weird and awkward to be like, hey, like the thing you did, like I really don't like it when you're late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot again <laughs> because I know you went through, I don't know if like a friendship breakup is the right term, but like, I don't know, just like falling out with friends. I think that sometimes like friendship breakups are in a way like a slow burn. I don't know. There is like a falling out, but it's like a slow process. And sometimes it takes a big moment for the slow process to like come to life. So it, mm-hmm. it because like I think friendships are not so, um, I don't know, they're not so, there's no expectations like preset built in to like, oh, I'm going to check on this. Like, how is it work going? Like, what's happening right mm-hmm. now? There's no benchmarks, I guess. Um, and so if like something big happens, it kind of brings forward a lot of like kind of the mm, pushed away feelings for the like last little bit. So I think a bit of the friendship breakup that I've experienced was like in retrospect that it's like oh it probably wasn't a super healthy friendship to have been in the last like call it two years and like maybe I didn't Mm -hmm. nurture it enough and so that's where like it I don't know it brings into perspective for me of like oh I think it what I've learned from that situation was that oh you really do need to nurture your friendships like you should be looking at them Mm -hmm. as romantic partnerships as well like you should have those Mm -hmm. check-ins you should be like making sure you're vocal about if something upsets you um if like if you act a certain way around them like you kind of want to make sure that they're okay with it like all these little Mm -hmm. things about quote-unquote having a good relationship in general like carries through Mm -hmm. to friendships and I think that's why I've become so aware because like I guess the friendship breakup was like pretty painful for me and that Mm -hmm. but in reality I was like oh okay like I just wasn't a good friend like that was like probably a big part of it and like maybe Mm -hmm. we should have communicated more and like obviously a friendship is like two ways as well so like for the both of us it probably wasn't fair or great and like we didn't put the effort in um but it's like it made me realize like the importance of putting effort and patience and like I don't know time and effort into a any good friendship that you have and like spending Mm -hmm. the time having those quality moments having those like honest discussions of how you're feeling um if something annoys you bring it up like all those core things I think it like just it's like Sometimes you have to like live the lesson to really know it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now I've lived the lesson and I was like, okay, got it. Like, sure. Like I get it. It was like, it was a shitty moment in the time, but now I can like look back on it and be like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. it was shitty. But like, yeah, it was probably like, there was a reason why that happened. Yeah. And then you've learned from that experience and can carry it on Mm -hmm. to your 
current friendships. Yeah, and I don't know I've tried harder, like for sure, after like the friendship breakup to nurture my good friendships. And I guess I have a lot of like long distance friendships, like people that yeah. aren't necessarily in the same place I am. And so it takes even more effort there to be like, just be, I don't know, make the time for them, right? Like, it's not super easy to be up at eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday to like Skype your friend. But if you really value them, you'll do it. Like, if you were in a romantic Mm. partnership with someone that was across the country, you probably would do the same. So like, why wouldn't you do that for a friend? Like, it's just, sometimes you have to gut check yourself on the things you say yes or no to. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. I don't know. I think the one other thing I would say about, like, friendship breakups are that, like, I don't know, friends, like, you don't, just because you're friends, like, 10 years ago doesn't mean you should, should or need to be friends now. Like, I don't think that friendship breakups are abnormal, that they're probably more normal than we think. And it's just, like, sometimes maybe we are holding on to friends that we don't need to anymore, Um, because like you've both like drifted apart and like somehow you still feel like responsible to stay in touch even though that maybe you don't need to anymore Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think usually friendship breakups um, are more of like a slow transition where you just kind of like talk less frequently and then you catch up less frequently you just see them less frequently to the point where like maybe you just end up getting like facebook updates or you like like their instagram photo (laughs) once in a while i mean i think it is like any breakup is like painful so it's just i think it is fair that like people get hurt and stuff in like i guess the matters of relationships Mm -hmm. i mean breakups in general are hard whether friendship or romantic yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's a loss right like it's it's really sad a loss of someone that was like important in your life at one Mm -hmm. point Okay, I think it's that the end of our conversation today. I think so, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation about friendship part two, kind of friendships slash relationships in general. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. So that's the end of this episode. If you liked what you heard, please share it with a friend. And we want to hear from you. So tell us what you think by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. It helps support us and we appreciate the feedback. You can also find us on social media on Instagram as jen.asian. Or you can reach us directly via email at jen.asianpod at gmail.com. Again, that's jen.asianpod at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Bye.